0: Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host Tyler Schuster and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I am looking forward to talking to Natasha McCann today, and we've met over social media and actually got to meet last week in person, so that was exciting. But to start off, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, So I own McCann Athletic Therapy, and basically I've kind of carved my own little lane in rodeo um, sports medicine. So I'm a clinical rehabilitative specialist. I'm a certified personal trainer um, and a few other little certifications, but I just try to help rodeo athletes keep their careers going as long as possible and keep them going down the road because it's such a unique experience. They're unique athletes. So I try to be there and support them.
0: So how did you get into this?
1: Uh, it was it was kind of a, a winding road. I, I This wasn't something I like dreamt of as a younger person or um, went after right away. I worked on ranches and rode colts for a long time and then um, had some injuries and, and things of my own. And as many people can relate, you don't make a killing doing those things. And so I was kind of searching for a venture that would put me on a path where I was a little more financially secure. Um, so I actually started an EMS. I was an EMT. I worked on the ambulance, which I really enjoyed, um, but wanted to work on. A little bit different demographics, not so acute, just because you were, you see a lot of people that don't help themselves and they just kind of have those issues and aren't doing anything about it. So I wanted to get a little more on the preventative side. um, And that's when I got into uh, personal training, coaching at gyms online, and then got my board certifications and um, realized I knew I wanted to work with the Western world, with rodeo, the people that I had been around for so long and cared about and that are definitely overlooked in those regards. So kind of worked my way up and now here I am.
0: Well, and I feel like rodeo athletes in my eyes have become more serious about their profession in the last five to 10 years. As before they were just going, they were tying a calf or getting on a bronc and moving on. And now they're really treating it like they're an athlete. And like they play a professional sport because that is what they're doing in a sense. And so, like you said, you fill a niche that there wasn't someone there. And so something coming up is you are going to the NFR. We talked about that. So talk a little bit about what you'll do in Vegas and your time there.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm there the whole time. I'm the full stretch, but basically I set up, um, I'll have a designated space, which I can't announce exactly where it is yet, but I'll be set up somewhere, um, and have athletes, that I've treated. I think I have 16 or 17 qualified athletes that I've treated before. Um, and so I just kind of reach out to them and say, Hey, I'll be here if you'd like an appointment and they come and see me and get worked on to make sure that they're feeling their best since it's definitely, it's a beating those 10 days. It's really a grind. So try to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to keep them feeling decent.
0: (laughs) So have you always been involved in the Western industry or how did you get involved in the Western industry? Um, I kind of
1: found it on my own in a sense. My mom grew up really remotely and on a farm. So she kind of took us for like horseback riding lessons and got me interested in horses when I was younger. Um, and I was actually supposed to play basketball in college. That was definitely my main thing. Like I I was WNBA from the time I could walk was my only goal. And um, got in a motorcycle accident, had surgery, and that kind of ended my plans for collegiate ball and, and further and so I did a total 180. I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do outside of basketball. I, I didn't care about college. I cared about playing basketball in college. So I was just like, well, I'm not going to waste my time and money if I don't know what I want to do outside of that. But I knew I loved being outdoors. I knew I was never going to be a desk office person. And so that's kind of how I got into ranching and, and day working, cowboying and stuff. Um, and now that I've you know gone down this path, I just wanted to stay with that group of people they're unlike anyone, you know, any other group of people I've been around. And um, like I said, it's a really kind of underserved population and having been in, in some bad, you know, injuries and situations myself doing those things. I was like, okay, these are the people I want to help because they need someone that understands what they're going through and it's their livelihood. And, you know, you kind of have to do a lot of workarounds when you're in this line of work.
0: <laughs> well, and we talked about last week. So you have lived everywhere. So yeah. what, brought you to, what brought you to Texas?
1: Um, I I'm definitely like my family gives me a hard time that I'm just a little gypsy because I I'm on the go a lot, <laughs> and I I enjoy just seeing new places and seeing what there's to see in the world. So um, I was living in Eastern Washington at the time, and I was just kind of I had reached I call it like my one year itch. I'm like all right, it's time for somewhere new. And, um, I had done some continuing education training down here for the board certifications I have, you had to do in-person learning to finish those out. And so I had studied with a gentleman that helped write some of the textbooks and literature for that down here. Um, and we had kept in touch and he let me know that a space in his office building had opened up and it was mine if I want it. And so I just jumped on it. He called me and I came down and spent a week just kind of shadow studying him to make sure I wanted to move here. Um, And then I went back to Washington, packed my stuff, and I was here three weeks later.
0: That's exciting. So during the rodeo season, are you on the road with athletes quite a bit, or do most of your clients see you in Fort Worth? Uh,
1: Almost all my rodeo athletes only see me on the road, which is funny because I I do have an office here, but the people I treat in my office are kind of like my everyday folks, um, which, you know, it gives me a good balance, but I try to really be on the road as much as possible. And as these athletes can attest to, that's the biggest struggle is like I've worked in other pro sports, and when we're on a home stand, they have every resource available to them, and they push these guys to get every treatment possible. and it's all so accessible. So for rodeo to not, you know, no one has a home base, there's no home field. Um, so the only way to to really provide consistent care is to be traveling as much as they are.
0: Well, that brings a unique sense in that you get to see a ton of places. Yeah. And you probably have a great group of friends that you get to hang out with who are also on the road (laughs) with either their spouse or themselves as the athlete that you are getting to see succeed in multiple areas. And that has to be very rewarding, especially those who have qualified for the NFR. So for my listeners who don't know what the NFR is, it's the National Finals Rodeo, and it's what every cowboy is competing to get into, um, and it's 10 days of rodeo in December, and it's the most exciting 10 days of rodeo, and so that is really exciting. But with your job, there has to come some challenges. So what would you say is the biggest challenge of your role?
1: Oh, man. Um, I think, I mean, I love the travel, but it it certainly is a challenge, and I know my lifestyle isn't for everyone and it's selfish to an extent. I, I totally know that is to to be gone and constantly be bouncing around. It's makes like personal lives really hard. It's hard for people to understand. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge is like I can plan somewhat far in advance, but never too far because it's always kind of, well, I might be here, I might be gone. And it's, it's fun and exciting, but it also can take a toll of living out of a duffel bag and, you know, lots of time in my pickup, driving around, and <laughs> sleeping wherever.
0: I get that. Well, what would you say is the most most rewarding part?
1: Uh, definitely just seeing these athletes succeed. You know, my, my role is so minuscule in the grand scheme of things, but it's really, really neat to, especially if they've had an injury and they're really rehabbing something versus someone who just gets like maintenance care from me. Um, I think that's really special is to be able to see them go from usually like a pretty low point for most of these guys if they've had a serious injury to then working their way back up and doing their due diligence and all the rehab and work to to get back, especially if they make it to that, to the grand stage of the NFR.
0: Well, what advice would you give for someone who is interested in doing this? Like you said, you've kind of paved your own path. Um, you're, you're the first person, you know, doing this in the sense you are. So if someone's listening and they wanted to do this, what advice would you have for them?
1: Uh, just don't be discouraged by doors closing. I think that's been a good lesson for me to learn is you really have to have a fair amount of perseverance. Um, because I've certainly been told, no, I've been told, you know, my services aren't needed, aren't warranted, you name it. I've been told it but the proof is in the pudding like i have these athletes seeking me out for for care and so keeping that in the back of your mind of like find the value in your work and what you do and i'm very fortunate i love what i do like i get to wake up excited on monday mornings and that's not true for most people or a lot of people i should say um but be prepared to to be told no in some not so nice ways but don't let it discourage you just keep on going
0: i love that well you also do some personal training so what does that look like for you?
1: Um, so I'm a coach with champion living, so that's all remote. It's all online based, which is really neat. And especially w- with champion living, it's very rodeo focused. We work with anyone, but rodeos again, are our, our specialty. So, um, it's really cool that we have clients all over the country, all over the world. Um, and it's an app, so you can see your workouts. We give demo videos, you get if you're an individual, you get all of our coaching cues and we say, you know, video your last workout so I can see what you're doing and provide feedback, um, but kind of work around their schedules and, and the <laughs> chaotic life that can be rodeo. So it's, it's neat that we can kind of have that work for a lot of rodeo athletes and, and see that big shift into fitness and health. Like you said, it used to be a little bit more of a, a party and have a beer and have a good time. And there's still certainly that aspect but these guys are treating it a lot more seriously and really focusing on their well-being so it's awesome.
0: And you also work some with the Western Sports Foundation. So what do you do with that foundation?
1: Uh yeah, so I'm their injury prevention specialist. Um so during our clinics, we host about four or five a year. I kind of give a lecture or a talk on you know, taking care of your body, what injury prevention looks like things we can do kind of help them think outside the box. Cause we do get kind of trapped in like Western really traditional Western medicine where it's very rigid and try to help encourage them. Like, you know, I give massages, but it's not the lay on a table with candles and a gong playing. Like it's, there's very, it's very science-based orthopedic based. So kind of get them to encourage some other options and explore some options and focus on prevention is is the key cuz being getting hurt is inevitable in rodeo it's going to happen but how do we diminish those healing timelines and encourage us being as healthy as possible so we don't get hurt as badly
0: well if you could go back and give your younger self any advice what would it be
1: ooh uh, i mean probably what i just told everyone else is <laughs> is don't be discouraged by the nose is it can be really hard i mean there is definitely a point where I was like, man, maybe I should just kind of hang it up, you know, give, give it a break because I was meeting a lot of resistance. But, um, I think that's something I would just tell myself is, is just keep pushing forward Is it'll come. And, you know, you take one step forward and two steps back sometimes, but that doesn't mean slow down. It just means put the pedal to the floor.
0: What does a day in your life look like? So if you're not on the road and you're in office, what does that look like for you?
1: Um, it varies, but I usually try to treat four or five people in my office a day. So I try to start my day kind of early. Um, I'll work on two or three people and then that's the, the pain and the beauty of being your own boss is you make your own schedule. And sometimes I kick myself for that. And other times it's great, but a lot of times I have the afternoons to, um, I'll go work out and go train so that I'm, you know, practicing what I preach and, um, doing any videos or content I need for social media stuff, and then go back to my office in the evenings and work on a few more clients and then do all my reports and then come home and do all my online personal training check-ins and all that. So it's long days sometimes, but it's fun.
0: Well, you mentioned working out as well, and I enjoy watching that. So how (laughs) have you crafted your workout style and how do you build your workouts each week?
1: Um, you know, I tell everyone, even coaches need coaches and I I definitely need a coach. So I used to write my own workouts and I definitely lean into CrossFit. Um, I compete locally, you know, on a very small scale, but that's just the style of working out that I enjoy the most. Um, especially coming from a sports background, it kind of gives me that competitive nature and, um, it's, there's so much variety in it. And that's what I like is I get bored easily. So I like that there's a ton of variety, so I follow programming that I pay for from a coach. Um, it's just from a, a professional CrossFit athlete that puts out programs. So I do that. And that's, you know, my two hours a day, or at least in, in the gym doing that. Um, and just try to try to keep the goal in mind. But it's nice because it gives me ideas for rodeo. Like our workouts for rodeo people are are very different than traditional workouts. And um, how we try to cater them based on the strain they put on their body anyway so it's nice to to have a big change of like what I'm training for, but I go, okay, how can I tune this and make it applicable to them?
0: Well, I love that. And you're always like, I can see where CrossFit is your style and you're always doing, I feel like insane things, <laughs> <laughs> but I also am not a CrossFit. I don't like I'm like, Oh, I don't know that I could do that, but I get the competitive <laughs> nature. Like I want to win. And when I work out next to someone, like I'm wanting to live more than them or faster than them or, you know, whatever we're doing, I want to be better than them. So yeah. I think that's something not everyone has, but I really enjoy as well.
1: Yeah, it is. It gives you that little fuel. And I think if you have a, a sports background, it's kind of just your, your nature, like you want, to win, and it's not to see the other person fail, but you're like, I have to be better than you. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's a good challenge to keep me going.
0: Well, if you had a billboard, what would be on it, and why?
1: Um, you know, I think I <laughs> kind of the backstory of um, I always say like have too many damn dreams, and the backstory to that was I was in the CalGirl thirty under thirty class this past year. Um, And when they, you know, call you up, you have 30 seconds to give your little thank you speech. And I didn't know what to say. I was really nervous. I thought everyone was speaking so well. And I was one of the last people. And it kind of came to me and I was like, oh, this is kind of a funny story. And I said, you know, when I was getting going in this industry, like I had this grand idea and I was like, I'm going to train rodeo athletes and I'm going to travel and do this and the guy i was dating at the time i i called him we were long distance and i was so excited and i was like oh my god like i had this idea and i'd done all this research like i was pitching him my business you know i wanted his approval and he cut me off and he just interrupted me he was like natasha you have too many damn dreams so why don't you just pick one do something like the rest of us and stop like you're it's just too lofty and it just it stuck with me ever since it was it was such terrible advice Uh, but it was the biggest blessing in disguise that he, you know, was such a naysayer. And so I've kind of held on to that of too many damn dreams. There's no such thing. And if, if none of us dreamed big, then, you know, where would we be in the world? So that's what I always encourage everyone is just keep dreaming.
0: Well, I love that. And you're obviously a big dreamer and congratulations on 30 under 30. That is an honor. So that is awesome. But how can people find you and connect with you?
1: Uh, Instagram is the easiest. I'm having a website built it's long since over two, but it's, it's in the works. Um, but yeah, Instagram, I have a Facebook page, but Instagram's the easiest. I can check that and message them. Um, and they can get my other contact, personal contact information from there too.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to link that in the show notes and thank you so much for joining me. It's been so fun to chat with you and I know my listeners are really going to enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.